You ever watch this guy on television? You all were not telling the truth, and you should not be trusted. Congressman Matt Gates, thank you for what you yeah. did for your country tonight. Be offended with the Democratic whip, not House Republicans. Like a machine, Matt Gates. Welcome to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Let's talk about the news. We've got fresh polling, fresh evidence, affidavits, claims about the election. Can't wait to go through all of it. We'll start with the Politico morning consult poll showing that 70% of Republicans do not believe that the 2020 election was a free and fair election. And just as Republicans are increasing their skepticism of the machinery that run elections, particularly in some of these deep blue urban areas, they're also increasingly diminishing their trust in Fox News. Fox News built a very loyal following with conservatives and Republicans, even dating before the Donald Trump presidency. But gosh, I mean, I saw Brett Bayer put out a tweet just about a, a programming note regarding when he would be on television, and the backlash was intense. So intense, as a matter of fact, that Brett Bayer had to delete his tweet. Breitbart did a write-up on this, and we'll put it out on our social media platforms, but it is very clear that we are in a time of realignment. You don't need to look any further than the podcast platform. The number one podcast in America today isn't Joe Rogan. It's not Call Her Daddy. It's Dan Bongino. And groups like Project Veritas, Revolver.News, The National Pulse, they really are putting out information that is creating a greater gravity to this raw, real, guerrilla-style journalism as opposed to the highly produced, highly pre-canned content that we sometimes see, particularly during the daytime on Fox News. I talked about this dynamic on Steve Hilton's program. Take a listen. How is it that Project Veritas and the National Pulse and these relatively small media organizations are turning up more evidence than the Civil Rights D Division of the United States Department of Justice? That's our failure. We didn't get out there and do the work on the front end to ensure that we weren't in this position because Donald Trump did everything he had to do to motivate 71 million Americans to vote for him legally. And it's true that not only should our mainstream media be doing more we should have the Department of Justice far more active. Yesterday, we got the news that the Department of Justice is investigating the claims of irregular activity at some of these polling locations, at some of these uh, areas where ballots were counted. And my question is, what took them so damn long? It is very hard to catch fraud after the fact. If for no other reason, then ballots are not individually tagged to the people who voted those ballots. They're often separated from the envelopes that contain the ballots at this stage of the game. So it is very difficult now to go and try to reconstruct the circumstances that may have led to fraud. It would have been far more productive. It would have been far easier to catch them in the act as it was happening. That's not to say that we're not developing affidavits and information, but I sure wish the Department of Justice and particularly the Civil Rights Division had been far more active earlier. Whistleblowers continue to come forward exposing election fraud. There's still a lot of work to be done to see the size and scale of it, the risk of repeatability in future elections, the impact on the 2020 presidential election, and the remedies that would be available to President Trump and his legal team in court. But certainly it's troubling what we've seen so far. 
Deborah Hine in AmericanGreatness.com has a very interesting story out of Erie, Pennsylvania, where people were backdating ballots. Ballots were coming in that would not have been eligible, that would not have rightly been counted, and you had people at the poll stations in the counting facilities just choosing to change the date, to backdate them, to separate the ballot itself from the envelope that included the postmark. Remember, that postmark is a key piece of evidence, and the fact that now these workers have separated hundreds of thousands of ballots from the evidence as to when those ballots were voted and the signatures on those ballots, it just becomes devastating to try to reconstruct that evidence and find the fraud. But in Erie, Pennsylvania, we do have the whistleblower. We do have folks saying that this backdating was occurring. That is a tragic pollution of these ballots. And it's not just in Pennsylvania. In Michigan as well, we now have an affidavit that was signed by one of the observers saying that at 4.30 a.m. at one of the counting facilities in Detroit, there was an influx of new ballots. Now, what's interesting about those ballots? First, it's just bizarre at 4.30 a.m. to have them brought in as mail-in ballots. Like, why would that be the time period? Not a whole lot of good happens at 4.30 in the morning, and this may be one such circumstance. A second piece of evidence. These ballots were loaded differently than the other ballots. They didn't come in through the normal channels, through the normal systems that have been developed. They came in through a special back area of the room. Now, that may have a perfectly reasonable explanation, but when you deviate from the normal standard practice at 4.30 in the morning, it starts to look fishy. And then the real concern is that in this affidavit, the poll observer indicated that all of the votes were for Biden. Each and every one of them were for Biden. So when you combine the fact that there was a deviation from the normal process, there was a deviation from the normal time, and then all of a sudden this batch of ballots just happens to be 100% for Joe Biden, it does raise serious questions. And I don't know what the statistical probability would be to have you know these batches like we've heard of tens of thousands of ballots all coming in for Joe Biden at once. You know, maybe 28,000 people simultaneously all decided that they were going to vote for Joe Biden. Now, I doubt that, particularly when you look at the fact that Donald Trump was knocking down about 18% of the black male vote. How then is it that you get these circumstances where ballots are filled out oftentimes without even the whole ballot being filled out. Sometimes it's just a mark for Biden and then a ballot. So we need to get to the bottom of what happened in Michigan. Remember, Michigan is the state where we've already found circumstances where vote tabulation technology was taking voted ballots for Donald Trump and converting those votes to Joe Biden. And, and not like dozens or hundreds, but thousands. And I think that alone would justify not just a recount, but a full audit of these systems that may not have been tabulating ballots correctly. Our fellow Americans choose the president of the United States. Software does not choose the president of the United States. And if you've got like, you know, as I've seen reports, the former Pelosi chief of staff involved in a software company that is engaged in this ballot counting. And then you see that those are the very companies that have had these so-called glitches, so-called errors, so-called mistakes that only seem to go one way, that only seem to inure to the benefit of Joe Biden. That justifies a full and complete investigation. 
Moving to the state of Georgia, the Secretary of State is under fire from that state's United States senators. We saw Senator Perdue and Senator Leffler put out a joint statement calling for the resignation of the Georgia Secretary of State. And in Georgia, along with Nevada, there seems to be a common legal and factual question regarding changes of address. Now, the law in our country is that you have to live in the state where you're voting. And a lot of people, as a result of COVID, have moved. They've moved out of Georgia. They've moved out of Nevada. And so if someone was a Georgia or Nevada voter, and then they moved, and then they filed with the United States Post Office a change of address form saying, I no longer live where I used to live. I've got the intent to live somewhere else. Well, then they shouldn't be able to vote in their old state. In Nevada alone, this is thousands of ballots. Uh, we saw one report that in the state of Georgia, it may be more than 100,000 ballots impacted by this change of address red flag. So we'll follow that closely. We believe you should actually have to vote in the state in which you live. But the broader point here is that, you know, in the 2018 election, we saw a trial run on a lot of this fraud. I saw it personally. I saw in Broward County, Florida, where in the middle of the night, they're backing trucks up and moving ballots in, and they even drew guns down on me when I tried to video the evidence of what was moving in and out of a ballot counting facility. And I'm a United States congressman. So if 2018 was the trial, and if 2020 was potentially the steal, and we'll resolve that in the court system, one has to ask the question, would 2022 be the new normal? If Republicans accept fraud, if we accept this proposition that you can win the election, but fraud feasers in Philadelphia and Detroit and Atlanta can just shave two or three points off of the election result, then Republicans will never win another national election again. It's why we have to keep fighting, and I intend to do just that. They are coming for us. It's as simple as that. Left-wing political operatives believe that one way or another, they will seize power as a consequence of the 2020 election, and it's their goal to weaponize that power against their political opponents. They're not making lists of crimes that require justice. They're making lists of people that they want to target and torture and demonize. Tennessee United States Senator Marsha Blackburn made the point on the floor of the United States Senate. Take a listen. Liberal operatives have sent up test balloons on the creation of official enemies list. Now think about that. We have them making enemies list, wanting to execute a campaign of personal destruction against people with whom they disagree. What does that say about treasuring free speech? I'm glad Senator Blackburn is pointing out how people who are not in power now would hope to use that power if they are somehow able to acquire it. This is fundamentally un-American. We prosecute crimes in this country, not people. And the notion that these left-wing operatives are just frothing at the mouth with the hope that they might have the opportunity to target and destroy people they don't like is horrific. I'm glad Senator Blackburn is leading the fight against it. COVID long haulers 
That's the term being used to describe those who are having to deal with extended impacts from the Chinese coronavirus. Jason Gale with New Economy has the piece out. Now, most Americans, most people in the world for that matter, deal with mild effects of coronavirus or no symptoms at all. But there are some who are dealing with heart impacts, lung impacts, erosion of the nervous system, impacts to their physique for months upon months. Uh, King's College has recently put out a study showing as many as one out of every 10 people who are impacted by coronavirus could actually see these type of long haul effects. And it will require a tremendous amount of study to see what genetics uh, play a role in this vulnerability, what environmental conditions, what health conditions, what comorbidities can create the COVID long haul condition uh, that certainly creates a more devastating impact on people's lives. So we hope folks get better quickly. We hope that the vaccines and therapies that have been advanced by the Trump administration in Project Warp Speed uh, give us a better prognosis in combating and fighting this virus. Uh, but it is important to note that while many Americans, myself included, see no symptoms or mild symptoms and then just find out they have the antibodies, there are some who will have extended impact who will require extended health care and uh, let's hope that's as low a percentage as possible and that the cures and vaccines that we're developing uh, can help those who are covid long haulers brad palumbo has penned a piece in fee.org that contemplates some of the potential horrors of a biden transition control over the economy control over wages, uh, potentially using coronavirus as a basis for a national $15 minimum wage. The Congressional Budget Office says this will cost millions of jobs in this country, and it would be awful to see all of the progress made during the Trump administration wiped away by socialist government control. And I say socialist, but in, in some cases, it's even communist. You know, communism is control over the productive sectors of an economy by the government. And Joe Biden appears to be preparing to utilize the Defense Production Act as a basis to try to seize control over certain productive sectors of the American economy by our government. I never thought I would see this here. Now, we know he's talked about a public option. We know the negative impact that would have on health care, but there is a new policy feature of a potential Biden transition that Brad Palumbo reports on that would crush the state of Florida. It would crush a lot of states in our country. They want to get rid of right to work. They want to make it impossible for people to make their own decisions about where they work and their employment status and the terms of their employment. Florida's a right to work state and we're better off for it. So if the Joe Biden plan is to try to use coronavirus as a basis to undermine the fundamentals of the strongest economies in our country, Florida being one of them, then we have to use the 10th Amendment. We have to use our governors and our state legislatures and our attorneys general, and we have to fight back against this. Americans deserve a right to work. They deserve the ability to organize or not organize if they choose in unions. So this should not be a power grab for the left. It should not be a power grab for government. It should not be a power grab for unions. America is strongest when we empower our fellow Americans. 
That's what we did during the Trump administration's first four years, and it led to the strongest, hottest economy that our nation has ever known. Let's not undo that tremendous progress, progress that has benefited the quality of life for the American people. Sean Worsley is free, and that's a good thing. Justice has been done. The 34-year-old Purple Heart recipient had spent 10 months in an Alabama jail, having been arrested because he had medical marijuana on his possession that he had legally acquired in the state of Arizona. Sean Worsley had serious seizures. He had back pain. He had sleep disorders. Uh, he got medical marijuana and then just inexplicably ended up in an Alabama jail for 10 months. Stripes.com's Roy Johnson has the story, and I think throughout the military, uh, we ought to be glad that this American hero is not being punished in one state because he was following the laws of another state. I know that medical marijuana can help people live better lives. We should have broader access to it. We should have federal laws that don't render medical marijuana illegal when people are receiving that medicine under the color of state law. I helped write Florida's first two medical marijuana laws, and I wrote them in part because I saw the impact that they could have in a positive way on veterans, on those suffering from PTSD and uh, other sleep disorders that weren't allowing people to achieve any sense of peace. Marijuana can help people. The federal government has lied to our country for a generation about medical marijuana, and no American hero should be sitting in a jail cell because they did everything to try to improve their quality of life, their family's quality of life, and they followed the law in the state that gave them the opportunity to access this treatment and this therapy. We need marijuana reform in this country. It's why I'm the only Republican sponsor of the MORE Act to take marijuana off of the list of Schedule One drugs. We should do that immediately, and we should not have people sitting in jail cells because they did what they could to follow the law in a state that allowed medical marijuana, while far too many politicians in Washington and elsewhere have had their head in the sand regarding the data and the evidence and the medical applications that are obvious and apparent. Yesterday's podcast featured a section on China's Navy, their ambitions, their desire to project power on the high seas. And so I wanted to bring you an update on the American Columbia-class submarines that will be the next generation following the Virginia-class submarines. They're going to be bigger. They're going to be quieter. Chris Osborne has the story for national interest. And while the Virginia-class submarine would displace about 8,000 tons the Columbia class submarine is going to displace about 20,000 tons. Now, why is that important? Actually, the larger vessel uh, creates more opportunities for sound deadening technology. So while this will be a larger attack submarine, it will actually be stealthier. We expect it to arrive in the 2030s. And this is critically important for the United States to maintain its undersea dominance. 
as more and more countries like Iran and China are investing in their naval assets, we have to continue to do the same. And I'm sure glad that the Columbia class submarine appears to be at the top of the class. It will be the most lethal. It will be the most effective vessel that will be either on or under the high seas. And I'm glad it will adorn the American flag. We always like to report on developments in the podcasting industry and podcast giant Wondery may be in a state of legal wonderment themselves. The LA Times' Wendy Lee has the story and the CEO and founder of Wondery, Hernan Lopez, right now is facing federal bribery and money laundering charges. He's a former Fox executive and the charges stem from allegations of bribery surrounding rights to report on and cover the World Cup. Who would have thought a bribery and corruption investigation would involve the World Cup? As I've often said, FIFA is actually an international criminal organization that occasionally organizes soccer matches. Of course, Mr. Lopez is presumed innocent. He maintains his innocence. And on this podcast, we will always stand for the proposition that someone is innocent until proven guilty. Now, Wondery is one of these real-life podcast conglomerates. They've had shows, Dr. Death, Serial, that have oftentimes risen to the tops of the podcast ranks. And in the podcast industry, there is a tremendous amount of consolidation going on right now with iHeartRadio, SiriusXM, and Spotify doing all they can to purchase content, uh, put it together in various catalogs, and some podcasts are even becoming television shows. And Wondery certainly was on the front end of that innovation within the industry. But you're seeing what the value is of a lot of these companies. It's enormous. Wondery right now valued over $100 million. Last year, they just closed a $10 million round. They've got about 8 million listeners on their platform. You saw Spotify by Gimlet recently for $230 million. And so it's quite the time to be a seller of podcast content as people try to gather the type of uh, information and shows that they think would benefit from not only podcasting, but these different platforms that also could potentially include video. So we'll see what the ultimate final resolution is for Wondery and Mr. Lopez. We'll follow it closely. I do believe that more and more people will utilize the audio platform for their content and I'll be here to bring it to you on Hot Takes. Thanks for listening to Hot Takes. I'm Congressman Matt Gates. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you're updated with each of our daily episodes and it really helps us get our message out and share our content with more people. If you'll take just a moment and give us a five-star rating on iTunes or a comment or review on any of the listening platforms you choose. We hope you're back with us tomorrow. We'll be here with more hot takes.